There's great significance to the updutes over time. There's great significance. An updute is what many would call an updute. It's where you dute <laughs> up. That's an updute. I need a Hey everyone, we're back. It's great to be back. Conservative Prof, it's wonderful to see your face. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to see your face too, Tiej. And uh, you look tired, but it's late for you and it's <laughs> afternoon for me, but that's the way it works when we're seven hours apart. But uh, I have to make a little confessional right now. As our We Need a Dude song was playing, I was dancing and I apologize. I um, I know it's very her- heretical uh, as a Baptist to, be, have done, to have done dancing oh, during a song. I apologize in advance. So please Lord forgive me for that. Yeah, our intro song this week, I just want to give a shout out to Lil Rigimain, who sent me that song at the, the very end of 2022. And he said, hey, could you feature this on your next podcast? So I listened to it and I've been singing it through most of January. Uh, it's very, very catchy. Uh, I hadn't heard of the original song. Apparently it's by, it's a parody of a song called Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Yeah, I don't know the original song either, but... I'm a big Weird Al fan, and I way I know Weird Al songs way better than the original song he was doing the parody of. So I'll go yeah, with definitely. that. But, but Little Ridgey Main, thank you. That was an awesome song. It's very funny, and I I went in the meantime on YouTube and listened to the original song. It's very it sounds very very similar. But the uh, the lyrics we'll post the full song at the end of this episode, and I'll put the lyrics in the show notes as well. It's uh, it's very funny. I need updutes. Please follow me. <laughs> Well, how about some updates about what we've been doing since the last uh, time we did a recording? We haven't done a recording since early December, and so I'll do the old dad joke. And, hey, Tej, I haven't seen you all year, so I'll do that one, get that one out of the way, because I haven't, <laughs> so now that I know I have. A lot's been going on, personally and or professionally for me. Um, I think I've mentioned before, I've been working on my doctorate for quite a while, for four years now. Yeah. I got done with all my classes at the end of summer uh, of 2022, and I've been really focused just more in my dissertation uh, in my project that I'm working on. And I made a ton of progress. So the good news is my undergrad semester, I kind of finished up my schooling and grading about middle of December, about between the 16th and 20th. And we had a really low key Christmas, just a few family over for a day or Mm -hmm. two. And so I spent a lot of time working on that. Had three different meetings with my advisor. And about a week ago, I sent him my latest draft and he's doing the deepest dive he's going to do. So at least yet. And so he's promised to get back to me within the next week or two. And then we'll go from there. So I'm sure he'll have some things for me to work on without a doubt. And then uh, I think once I get those done, then I'll send it to editing and then do a defense. So my goal is to be done with all that by the uh, April or May. There's a June graduation ceremony at the school I'm getting my doctorate at that I can go to. So I hope to have that put yep. to bed finally. That's that's what I worked on. That was most of my 
Christmas break and most of my January. My undergrad semester just started on Monday. So January, I was able to focus a lot on that and spend a lot of time on that. So that worked out really good for me. So that was my big thing. As exciting as that isn't, that's what I did. So didn't travel, <laughs> didn't hardly do anything. I've been telling my wife that when I get done, we got to go, we got to take a trip somewhere. So that was what I did, as exciting as that wasn't, besides write headlines. Um, that was my, that's my, my creative process is coming out, but I'll just, headlines spend, your, yeah, I'll just spend your break, Tish. What'd you get? What'd you end up doing? Well, for the two people that are still listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening, both yeah, of you. My, my, uh, yeah, my, uh, oh man, I, I'm so glad to be, that January is, is behind me. It's been uh, a grueling month and, um. I'm just glad it's out of the way, to be honest. Most people know that I took most of January away from the forum and just really to focus on family, but also I had a huge amount of exams. I had, well, for me, it's huge. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in my 40s now and uh, I've never really done higher education before. Uh, so this is a, a first for me. I'm learning how to study. I'm learning how to tackle huge amounts of, of work with short deadlines and prioritizing and everything. It's, yeah, it's, um, it was a very challenging month. So I've been uh, locked away, studying, revising, uh, trying to learn a whole load of new information or retain new information for the exams. So a bit like you, Prof, quite a low-key Christmas. Um, and um, we had a service in our church. Um, we had family over one or two days. And that was it really. And then uh, it was just straight to the books after that and uh, spent quite a long time just pacing up and down in my study and talking to myself and <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to memorize a whole load of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I had, I had a, a full on two weeks of exams and uh, I, I'm going to be real here. I had a bit of a panic attack halfway through because I just thought, oh man, how am I going to do this? And uh, I would actually just like to take the opportunity to say thank you to anyone who offered up any prayers for me. I know Prof looking, when I re-entered the forum, we'll talk about that in a bit, I'd seen that Prof had very kindly posted some updates because you and I had some contact outside of the forum during that period. And uh, I shared some of my struggles with you and I think you forwarded that through to people on the forum or not the B. I never really wanted to bother you because I didn't want to like pester you, but you were just really good about giving me updates about once a week, just kind of letting me know how things were going. And so... I didn't try to give specifics, but I went to some different groups on not the bee and just mm -hmm. uh, the we, the people group and, and whatnot, and just gave small updates. And, you know, you, you let me know you'd have a big exam coming up the next day or two. So just want to make sure everybody was thinking about you and praying about for you, uh, for your yeah. success and um, that it all go well. Really so appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm glad you shared that with me so I could share some of that information with uh, everybody out there. Yeah. And maybe if I can, take a serious turn. I, I have to say, I mean, after my last exam, I was quite emotional, really. Obviously, there's the the, the the feeling of, oh, man, it's done, it's finished. And just this, you know, you can feel the stress and the pressure falling off of you. But um, I felt really sustained, actually, looking back, because I, I got to one point and I thought, man, how am I going to do this? I've got so many exams. And I suddenly was panicking that I wasn't prepared enough for this one or that one. And I was really worried in particular about uh, this one uh, IT related exam I had and it yeah I just felt really carried uh, the grace of God was um, was was certainly there and it just it just reminds me when you're going through difficult times it's it's kind of easy to to be a Christian because you 
you recognize I, I need some help. <laughs> and you, it's a lot easier to get on your knees, but when everything's going uh, fine and, and dandy, uh, you, you don't really, uh, it's, it's a lot harder then to keep up the discipline of, of, of prayer and reading God's word. The struggle is real. Yeah, very true. I do have one other thing that I had to endure over Christmas break in January. So I'm older than Tiege, no surprise, right? I think everybody knows that. And I've been having a hard time with my glasses. And so I had to get some new glasses. But then it turned out with a new prescription I got from my eye doctor, I couldn't see my computer. So basically, I could see far away. I could see up close, but I couldn't see my computer, which I'm in front of a computer a lot during a day. So he went through three different prescriptions, could never figure it out. He finally kind of just threw up his hands and go, I think you just need a separate pair of glasses for being in front of a computer. I'm like, (laughs) so I'm old enough now that I have to wear two pairs of glasses. So I've got my computer glasses on that Tej can see. And then I have my regular normal glasses. But if I put those on, Tej looks better because now he's fuzzy. I'm joking, Tej. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so in the classroom, so this this last week we started on-campus classes. And so I'm struggling with this in the classroom because I have a podium in front of me with a computer with two screens. And I got students in the room. And I'm still trying to figure this out. I feel dumb carrying two sets of glasses around with me all day. So I'm trying to figure out what's best. So I'm, I'm too scared to get LASIK, so I don't know that I'll do that. Yeah, we, we talked about that, didn't we, on our episode with Lee, with Lee Corey. And uh, yeah, did. a couple of people in the comments were saying, do LASIK. And uh, so I'm wondering if, you're, uh, if your glasses provide some sort of satirical powers for... <laughs> they maybe do. <laughs> if, if I lost them, I'd lose my ability to write a headline. Absolutely. Maybe that's the case. <laughs> Put your B glasses on and then the, the headlines come, fl- come flowing there through. There you go. <laughs> well, I have to be honest, while I was away from the forum, it, you know, you kind of go through a bit of cold turkey because I've been posting headlines almost daily for well over a year. To start with, I hadn't. I tried to disconnect from the B and not, not think about it too much and, uh, and focus on studying. But after a while, you know, life happens and then you're like, ah, oh, that's a headline and you write it down. So I, I was collecting a, I was collecting a few. I've been running off, r- running off of those since I re-entered the forum. So uh, it's, it was a, an interesting, uh, interesting time. And I was very keen to get back on. I thought I really want to post this headline, but I'm, I'm going to be disciplined and wait. Uh, but I, I kind of cheated. I did say I would be gone until February, but I snuck on at the end of uh, at the end of January instead, which some people noticed. I sure noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody did, but I did, I noticed for sure. Yeah, so I've got a funny story about that actually because I couldn't resist. You know, I wanted to get back on a bit earlier than I'd originally planned to, and I was thinking about how I could make a, an entrance to the forum, and I thought maybe it'd be quite cool if I can just suddenly do a random first on a on an article. So. I logged on to the B. I had some free time. And um, Prof, you're going to laugh at that. It's very sad. I I sat behind my screen refreshing around the time I was expecting a headline. And it didn't happen. I took my phone with me. I went downstairs. I kept refreshing and refreshing probably for the best part of an hour. I refreshed and there was a new article that had dropped. I was like, yes, it had literally just dropped. I'd been refreshing. There it was. I clicked through, went to type in first and sue peterson had beaten me to it no way not sue peterson hard to believe <laughs> no not sue 
further proof that she she must be a bot. <laughs> Sue Bodderson. Oh, Sue Bodderson. That's perfect. <laughs> so I just I just gave up in the end and thought oh, I'm just, I can't I can't wait. I'm just going to post a headline. I tried again sure. a bit later on, and somebody else, and then you know it's typical, isn't it? Do you call that Murphy's Law in the states? Yes, absolutely. We sure would. Yep, Murphy's there, Law. Ref- refreshing and refreshing, and then as soon as you get distracted, the article drops and somebody's beaten you to it. But yeah, yep, exactly right. Celavi. That is the definition right there. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's 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 great to be back, and um, it, I only had about thirty notifications. I was expecting hundreds, but I think um, oh. yeah, I think it, it must have automatically deleted uh, a whole load. Uh, I just had a whole load of notifications about the podcasts and and B Radio. Um, so, if I have missed any mentions or comments uh, by anyone, uh, my apologies. But I, I did notice a few people asking where I'd been or how I was, and I really appreciate that. And I really miss the forum, but it's it's great fun to be back on. And I think uh, it sounds like I missed a few shenanigans, uh, Prof, while I was away. It was a good month typical month. There definitely were some new things that showed up um, on the B and in the headline forum for sure that you missed out on. Of course, the Megadutes um, that Little Jedi started and has been doing for quite a while now. I think he's up to, as of the day we're recording this, 140-ish of those have been done now, something like that. I forget the exact number. But um, to his credit, because I know doing that is uh, intensely time-consuming task but he has trained his padawans as he would say and so i think he's only doing two a week but then the other five per week have been farmed out with generally the same person doing the same day per week so i think that's gone really well the hard Mm -hmm. part for me is always trying to remember who's which night but he does post that and whatever mega duke got posted the night before they usually update that and let you know who's doing it so that's been great and i always want to make sure that our loyal listeners always make sure you check in on the mega dudes and little Jedi will still, even if it's not his night, he will save one of his headlines to say, here, here it is. It's done. And he'll put a link to it in the comments. So if you at least just follow little Jedi, um, you'll, you'll see that they're there. So that's been really good and uh, credit to him for doing all that work and training those folks. And um, um, that's been a lot of fun. I look forward to that. I usually, um, he usually posts after I fall asleep. So I, I check it uh, in the morning right away is usually what I end up doing. And then another user has started something pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure how to say this username out loud. So I'm going to spell it. N-I-C-A-L-Y-S. Nicholas. Uh, their username is All Talk No Jeans. I, I believe it's a husband and wife combo doing this. But they started something called the Convo Dude. That, they just renamed it. Because the name that it was before was kind of close to Megadute. Okay. So they started the Convo Dude, and that's been fairly new. I think that started here in Jan- in January. I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to go and check that out. Yeah, and it's also worth checking out. So mm-hmm. what they are doing is – and they're taking nominations just like you can nominate up to three headlines a day for a Megadute. They really focus on the comments within the headlines. So as users pub, you know, push out their headlines and make the headlines – and of course, there's comments and some headlines just have more comments than others for whatever reason. And so as they notice a good comment thread or somebody else does and highlights that, then they'll they'll basically do that summary of what those are uh, in the convo do that they do um, each evening. 
those aren't quite as long as the mega dudes, but they're really, really good because it helps you go, oh, I missed a good conversation in a forum headline, right? So if you miss it, then you can go, you know, see what, you know, see what people wrote down and uh, all that good stuff. So that's been a lot of fun to see that. Um, I've really enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. And going back to Little Jedi, uh, we had a, the three of us had a wonderful surprise, didn't we? Just after our last we podcast did. dropped. It was a Christmas gift from SDH. Yeah, it was, that was, that was really cool. I noticed it. Um, she posted a headline and, and pinned it like she does. Mm-hmm. And she had given uh, the three of us, me, Tiege, and Little Jedi, yellow check marks, which is really cool. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Very, 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 very humbled uh, by that. That's an honor that I don't take lightly. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, same here. And I know Little Jedi was equally uh, grateful. And I think, I don't know if it was a result of that, but he had changed his user handle to Grateful Jedi. Yes, absolutely. So we <laughs> just want to say thank you, SDH. And uh, yes. it's an honor. And uh, it is. Uh, I feel privileged to have that. And I don't want to disappoint anybody now that I've got that. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I feel like uh, I have to be more, more responsible now in what I, yes. what I say or do on the headline forum. Yeah, you feel a bit. I mean, uh, some people are saying, "Well, w- what is a yellow check mark?" And uh, I was thinking, I don't really know actually. But uh, with with great power comes great responsibility. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I also just wanted to mention something to Tish. And um, yesterday, I had a two hour um, committee meeting about a whole bunch of stuff in a different building across campus. Come down to my office. About five o'clock yesterday, five p.m. Log on, just check out the B, and lo and behold, there's a headline right there that was mine, and it was like, "Wow!" As soon as yes. I read that, it's like, "Hey, that's mine!" And uh, it was pretty exciting. So the one that I that they published for me, they just changed one word in um, the wording of it from my original, but I'll just read it the way they published it, and it says, "Progressive really wants communism, but is worried there won't be gluten-free breadlines." <laughs> And I had written it as Antifa member instead of progressive, but either way, it's, it obviously works. But what I wanted to do is walk through my, my, the process I used to come up with that. That I actually pitched that headline roughly a week ago. It wasn't like it was pitched one day and, and published the next. It wasn't that way at all. Um, it was, yeah, six days ago. So I, there was a weekend in Atlanta with, when Antifa was there protesting something. I don't know what. Their soy lattes were too hot. I'm not sure what they were protesting. But um, anyway, they were there protesting and burning stuff down, whatever. And, of course, when you see real live news events, it's always good to try to think, how do I apply a satirical spin to that? Yeah. So I'm trying to think, how do I do that? And so I went through my thought process was, what does Antifa really want? Well, they seem to want communism. That's I think that's would be something that they're okay with. So Antifa member wants communism. And then what's something that would be bad if there is communism? Well, you get bread lines if there's communism, but would those bread lines have gluten-free bread, right? And the reason I thought of gluten-free bread is I have to eat gluten-free. I have something called celiac disease. And if I eat gluten, it's not pretty. God, basically gluten wants to kill me. So that's how I came up with the gluten-free bread lines. And lo and behold, it got published. So that was great. Prof, you know, I'm, I'm just looking on your profile here on the headline forum. 20 published headlines. Yeah, that was my 20th. 
How about that? That is, yeah, uh, that is pretty cool. So I'm not sure what's... Because uh, I know a while ago, you and 2 plus 2 is chicken were neck and neck. <laughs> we were chicken neck and neck. <laughs> Probably past him now, because I don't think he's had one for a little while. Because actually, I actually had a publish in January too, an, another one. So I had one about decorative hand towels, which I had pitched a long time ago. And I didn't remember that I pitched it. SDH found it and gave me credit for it. So, but they published something about decorative hand towels that I'd pitched quite a while ago. Yeah. I'm just on the two plus two is chickens profile here. 18 published headlines. 18. So, okay. Okay. Think- chicken. Come and get me. Come and get me. <laughs> you may be, uh, you may be the, the, on the leaderboard on that respect. I'm not sure. Well, Prof and I are really excited because, as always, we have an interview lined up and it's kind of a, all our interviews are are important, of course, but this is kind of a, I guess, could I say an extra special guest, Prof? Definitely an extra special guest and the first guest who actually gets paid by the bee. So that's probably why it's a little bit different than others. Yeah, just in case people don't realize, we we don't get paid anything by the bee. In fact, we pay the bee to to do this podcast. I pay them money to do this. Absolutely. So that's just the way it is. (laughs) But uh, it's our it's our joy, and uh, I, I forgot to mention actually at the beginning of our conversation, Prof. I am, as you can see, I am wearing my Babylon Bee hoodie. Make satire great again. I love it. Yeah, and you shared with me before we started recording that because you made it to the main podcast a while ago, you got to do the ten questions, which was awesome. But the the Bee guy sent that to you, which I thought was really yes. nice. So they sent you a really nice sweatshirt. The one he's wearing is top-notch plus a bee mug so shout out to the bee folks for uh sending that absolutely yeah i was really grateful for that and it, i can feel the bee anointing surging. the bee anointing is upon you yes <laughs> <laughs> i am wearing that uh, you know, once upon a time um dan dylan uh just just out of the blue he sent me a bee mug and a couple things one day and i didn't realize it came from him and then he messaged me uh maybe within two or three days after it showed up and he goes did you get that stuff i sent you and i'm like oh thank you i didn't realize i came for, i just didn't know why i got it i wasn't sure i thought i just renewed like my my subscription just had coincidentally renewed and i thought well maybe there's giving that to new to renewals but yeah that was pretty cool we're really excited to be having sam greer uh, on we the people and i'm not sure everybody knows who sam is because he he suddenly appeared on the podcast, and um, that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to get him on. We know he listens to the to the podcast. Uh, he's uh, often commented on a lot of our previous previous episodes, and we got chatting outside of the forum. But he's he's just such an epic epic interviewer, so well prepared, uh, so well organized. I love listening to him. He's a, he, he sounds like a very brilliant and intelligent guy. Uh, very humble guy as well. So really excited to talk to him. And uh, I know quite a few of you on the forum had some questions for him as well, which I'm sure we'll do our best to get to. So I guess we'll dive straight into that. Hey, Prof. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. We've all seen him if you watch the podcast. You've all heard him if you listen to the podcast. And all of a sudden, one day, this guy named Sam Greer was uh, (laughs) on the podcast. He was doing an interview. I'm like, who's that? Nobody ever introduced this guy. It's like, he just showed up <laughs> out of the thin blue air. And so um, thankfully, he's been a regular. Thankfully, he was on the Friday podcast one day and got to do the 10 questions. Um, Sam was on the podcast today. If we're recording this on 
Friday, February 3rd, and he did a short interview on the episode that came out today with one of his colleagues at the Masters University. So I thought it'd be great if, Sam, if you could take it away and explain who you are and where did you come from? That is sweet. Uh, one, So wonderful intro, and I do like to kind of – it is fun to be – it was fun to be intro-less because you don't want to come in and be trying to build your own little kingdom. You want to be an enthusiastic team player. So as far as as far as the B goes, my I was I was birthed ex nihilo uh, in in mid April. I just popped out of nowhere, and the where I came from before that. I guess I'll elaborate on that, and then I'll I'll share more about my my journey within the B. So I've been Southern California my whole life. I grew up in a small town called Fraser Park. I'm talking population, depending on how you count it, because there's a bunch of sub communities that blob together. But depending on how you count it, population of like 5,000. Um, no Walmart, no Target, no movie theater, no bowling alley, barely a couple of like convenience stores that are all run by people in the same family and they they jack up the price and they make fun of your socks. Um, and you can't do anything about it because they've got a monopoly. Um, yeah, growing up in Fraser Park, that was interesting and unique. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be too tangential, but it's it's in my mind now. I'm thinking of these, like these convenience stores, and it's reminding me. I had a little entrepreneurial gig where I would sell sleds, like uh, to snow bunnies who would come up to play in the snow. And um, my only competition was those that corrupt bunch of families running those hmm. running those little Seven uh, Elevens. But it wasn't; they're not corrupt, and it wasn't Seven Elevens. Um, it was an interesting place to grow up. So I was homeschooled, um, in case you couldn't tell already. And <laughs> we had a really good little community of homeschooled families who spent a lot of time together. And we would play music. We would go on hikes. We were a really active group. I don't know how it would be growing up there if you didn't have that, but that was all I knew. And so for me, it was delightful. Um, I remember I was, I mean, this is a, a brief punchy testimony, but I was like, rebelling against God, dead in my trespasses and sins until about age 17. And what had happened was the pressure of conviction of, of sin started to bubble up in my, in my heart and soul in an undeniable way. And so I had just been suppressing the truth and unrighteousness and trying not to think about it. I would like pray for salvation again every time I got on the plane, but there was no submission to God in my heart. I was you know, smoking pot and like trying to live my own life, but still trying to maybe think that I was a Christian. And the disconnect between my life and what I thought I believed grew too obvious. So I had to, it was kind of a time of choosing. And I decided I was going to start like looking into objections to Christianity because maybe my parents' faith just wasn't my own. My Bible study leader at the time put on a, he put on a John Piper sermon that tackled the latest objection to Christianity that I had uh, found, which was just a smokescreen, but it was what, how, how do you explain the presence of God in the midst of painful, natural evil, not human to human evil, but natural evil, like hurricanes and people born with illnesses. And John Piper's explanation was kind of like, I mean, it, it was like Job to where it was oblique. You know, it wasn't direct. Um, but, you know, he said, here's the reasons you can trust God for the things that you can't understand in your human effort. Um, look to the cross and understand God's character and you'll have faith for the for the pieces that aren't airtight to you right now. And that was what I, I did submit myself to God at that point. So then I went to master's for four years and here's where I'll speed my story back up. 
Um, I went to the master's university for four years, picked up a graduate degree from Claremont Graduate University, which was just driving distance during my time teaching high school. And then I've been in marketing for five years as my day job, but my night jobs have been adjunct professor of English at master's and now part-time writer for the B. Um, and the role has evolved. Like on paper, the main thing is still just part-time writer, churning out articles, pitching headlines till I'm blue in the face. Uh, and, there's, and there's a lot to tell between them, but the part that's last but not least would be at Masters, I met a beautiful woman. Um, I <laughs> met her early on, freshman year. We were at a bonfire. My friends and I would would do these delightful bonfires. And uh, we were young and goofy, so we were playing charades. Um, look at that. The mime, the mime thing already came back, and I didn't even plan it. <laughs> so, so we were playing charades, and I remember the. <laughs> this is the way she tells it. She says that she was in the audience trying to guess what was being acted out, and what was being acted out was childbirth. And uh, I was a baby, and another male was the mother. So he was screaming, Rah! and my head was popping out from between his legs, and I was screaming, Rah! And uh, she said that the, the way she tells it <laughs> is that at that moment, she said, I'll take that one, Lord. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's great. And there's a lot of like fun twists and turns to the story. But the, the long and the short of it was we both took the five-year track to college. I had some tuition. Uh, I don't know whether to call it assistance or what, but I had some help because my dad is a professor there. And... Um, so I was like, I'm going to tack on a second major. So I double majored English and biblical languages. I came in declared as a, oh, and she just, she was working her way through college. That's why she ended up taking the five-year route. I remember I, I remember I was, I came in declared as a film major. I wanted to be a screenwriter. Um, I knew writing was in my blood. I had been like, you know, reading books about writing, et cetera, et cetera, since, since I was in high school, like I would get stacks from the library but all of them were just saying, "Hey, you're gonna se- you're gonna sell your twentieth screenplay, and each of them's gonna take you a year." So I was like, oh, "Okay, maybe." Like I-, I got that sense mid college, and I decided, "Okay, I'll pivot. I'll be like an English professor by day, and then I'll be a by night. I'll be a a writer." And, and I've kind of achieved the dream. I mean, it's been with a lot of twists and turns, and I always thought I'd have to plug my nose and work for you know a bunch of wokies like for writing gigs, but as, as the Lord would have it, I've been able to, I've been able to pour my heart and soul into, into be facing stuff. Cause I believe in it. And that was part of my, my, in my initial meetings with Kyle. Cause again, being here in Southern California, it was a, we had some like shared connections. So it was an easy hop, skip and a jump to, to, to set up meetings, et cetera. And in the early meetings, my, my main message was just like, hey, I'm, I'm really grateful for you guys. You make me feel a little less alone when I'm mm-hmm. swimming upstream in, a, in an endless flood of nutty, woke media. And then you guys, uh, you defuse all the stress that can come with following the news cycle. Because again, like my first job out of college, like my parents always got Time Magazine, a World Magazine. And I mostly just read the, like the movie reviews and the political cartoons where there were, you know, fat cats with dollar signs for eyes. And it was all very like heavy handed. Um, but I remember I was, I was always uh, cognizant of the news cycle. Cause again, my dad's a history professor and the B was the first thing I had found that could defuse 
the stress that comes with following the news cycle. And I don't mean stress in terms of like all the little distractions of the daily news cycle. I mean like the the trudge towards like globalism run by Charles Schwab, where we're all scanning our hands and foreheads. And, yeah. you know, like, like when you see that kind of thing and there's, when you see that kind of thing, it can really stress you out, but then the bee can bring you a chuckle and you're like, oh, okay, we can live to fight another day. So that was, yep. so that was like my early involvement and the vision. And <clears throat> it's obviously it's evolved since then, but it's continued. That's a really uh, articulate and nice way of putting it. Absolutely. Did you go to Kyle or did Kyle come to you? How did you find each other? I went to Kyle um, and it, you know, he'd, he'd be hearing this for the first time, but I, I did some, if he listens, uh, I wonder what he'll think. I did some due diligence. I'll just put it that way. Like I, I had, uh, you know, mutual connections with the gentleman who ran the website for a while, like the tech side. So I, you know, reached out through friends and called him and learned a ton about just like the history of the beat. Then I was like, going through archives of just like the podcast. Cause I hadn't been religious about it. My friend Andy had notified me that there was a podcast and I had always listened off and on, you know, I'd tune in when something big would happen like Elon Musk or whatever. Um, so I was like, I was doing homework. I'll just put it that way. I did my, I did my due diligence. And when, when I was like having these early meetings, it was like, you know, he was getting the tip of the iceberg. I'd be churning out, 50 headlines, getting feedback on them. And then I'd show him the ones that were worth it. Cause you do need a second pair of eyes for that. And if you, yeah. if you come on Absolutely. strong before Kyle who lives, you know, he, he swims in uh hit and miss headlines. Like if you, if you're like, Hey, Mr. Man, I've got 200 headlines of which 10 are worth it. Like poor guy. So I, I was, yeah. I was careful to preserve his sanity then. And I try to still be careful now. I, I only actually pitch a fraction of what pops into my mind. Cause you know, it's the man's eyes. You could like, you could insure his brain cells for millions of dollars. He, he's got such, you know, everyone's got limited mental calories they can burn on reading bad headlines. So I, yeah, that was how it was then. And it's still, still to some degree how it is now. A lot of labor goes in under the iceberg before you, you know, it, with an iceberg, 10% is above the water. 90% is under the yeah. water. And so when you're uh, when you're pitching headlines to Kyle, does he stroke his beard for the ones he doesn't like? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the first things you learn uh, is don't pitch in person. Like that's not a blessing to anybody. And I totally, I totally <laughs> respect it. Like, well, what, that's so much pressure. Like, hey, what if AOC had you know a, a tuba on her head that it was stuck there? Wouldn't that be funny? And what what are you supposed to do with that? Like. Yeah, I, that's pretty good. We've kind of done something similar. <sighs> was she in the news for a tuba recently? Like now <laughs> someone's having to workshop in person when they're on the way to the bathroom. So yeah, I, you know, you pitch, you pitch online, the cream rises to the top. You trust the system. It's the same as on the forum. Like the cream really does rise to the top and you have to trust the system and not try to do all kinds of extra little things to help your help yours to have an extra chance. Like, let me just put in a little explanation. Let me just put in a little more explanation. Maybe nobody's getting it. You got to right. just pitch, walk away and trust it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So how long have you been working for the B? Like when did you first start? So it, it's April. That's the, that's the time frame. Okay. A- April of this year. It's been a whirlwind. Wow. You came on strong, man. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, I, came, I came on and I, again, the main thing I was cognizant of was just be a team player, add value, listen carefully to what the needs actually are. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It, it doesn't surprise me you're talking about the due diligence you did and everything. And I think uh, a, a lot of us who've heard you on the podcast have been blown away by your um, yeah, the, just the way that you handle those interviews. is just epic. And um, <laughs> Prof, Prof and I were talking about it together uh, before we met, met up with you, just about how uh, I think it was one of the first interviews you did. And poor Mr. Kyle Mann just was left standing <laughs> with your, uh, you were so well prepared for that interview. That was just incredible. I think it was the Dennis Prager interview, I think is the one we we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle just looked looked at you and said, "You read the book." That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so you know, my wife roasted me for that. She was like, "Stop like one upping," and I was like, "I promise, I'm not trying." She, she's no, she's a lovely woman, and she gave more encouraging feedback than that. But she, you know, she was like, "Give, you know, give some space." Here's the thing: I've been, and I don't, I don't uh, pretend to compare myself to the legends, but I've been a fan of like interview as its own genre for decades like the the names that come to mind as far as people who are really good interviews are like craig ferguson he, he had a late night show for years that was hysterical remember that yeah and i've just i've always really liked interviews like that obviously i like the long form you know joe rogan type interviews and then well and of course i i, I aspire to be as funny as craig ferguson or as uh like helpful as Joe Rogan, but maybe half the time what I end up being is just as enthusiastic as Jimmy Fallon, just no matter what they say. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, All right, play them off. Yeah. Oh, funny. And those, and those formats, like the old timey TV, you know, late night formats, like they are so cut for time. They've got to get in a full plug, but they've got to get some really juicy stories. They're all prepped up beforehand. Like those ones, I, I feel like would be a little less fun because they know what they have to extract from the person because it's just a machine. It's like a, a meat grinder. So I, I think the B format is like best of all worlds. I'm, I'm really grateful to get to be a part of that arm of the business, especially. And Dan, you know, he'll, he'll pick out one thing afterwards. Cause you'll be kind of buzzing, kind of fried, like, Oh, that was, you know, that was a, a ride. And he'll be like, okay, th- there's one that hasn't come out yet, but it will. And his favorite moment from the whole thing, we were talking to another creationist, like a creation science guy. And um, he had a bunch of wonderful things to say about a bunch of wonderful animals. But then, you know, he finished one little talk track, a a little talking point. And then Emma was my co-interviewer. And she was like, but what about the whales? (laughs) And afterwards, Dan just said, that was the best moment of the whole interview. But what about the whales? And she did elaborate to where she was like, if they breathe oxygen, what are they doing underwater? Like, you know, explain how that has to do with design. And he ended up answering it well, but it was really funny because it was just abrupt. But what about the whales? <laughs> That's great. Um, what was your first headline that got published after you were hired? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I, I figured you would. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of a nerd. I track these things. Um, it was dad starting to suspect toddler is stalling during bedtime prayer. <laughs> ah, that's great. Uh, I remember, I remember that, that one. Yeah, yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. And I'll tell you my, and I tell, I'll tell you my second one. Cause I'm just so proud of it. Uh, yeah. Sad Mormons come to local man's door, but he can't remember if they're the ones with Dianetics, Metachlorians or the new world translation. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> so that, that was number one and number two. 
Oh, what's your fa- right. what would you say is your favorite headline? Oh, that one. So I've done a couple Bible-y ones that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, apostles criticized for preaching repentance of sin instead of repenting of internalized whiteness. There was that one. Uh, Paul calls out critics for dead naming him as Saul. Um, <laughs> that, that one I'm proud of because like – uh, like Adam Yenzer chimed in on our little Slack and he was like, that's really good. And I was like, oh, you get, you get some, like if you get the Adam thumb, if you get the you get Kyle the thumb up, or the yeah. Adam thumb or the Joel thumb, you're just, yeah. you're, you're riding high. Like these are the pros. Um, and, uh, so then that one I actually shared cause like, well, we're behind the paywall, so it's all safe. My wife and I are family friends with, uh, John MacArthur's grandkids. So he'll occasionally show up at like his grandkids, his great grandkids birthday parties. And so he was at one and we got to making small talk. And I mentioned the B cause I knew he was at least adjacently interested. And uh, yeah. I shared that headline with him and he was like, Oh, that's pretty good. And he was very happy. Oh, good. So, that's great. If you, if you get a J Mac thumb, it's a hair under a Kyle thumb. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Th- those were that's some great. of my favorite. Uh, the other Bible one was, uh, Jesus criticized as ableist for healing paralytic. That's another Bible uh, one. I'm proud of. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. The Bible headlines are fun because, you know, like like Kyle says, they're important for the character of the bee, even if they're not bangers. Like the banger is going to be like for, right now, for example, something about the Chinese spy balloon. It's going to do well. People like it. They, they're they're showing that they approve of it by sharing it. Um, but the Bible ones are are fun. I really like those. I think the best one is when people don't realize it's satire and they share it unironically. That's, yep. Uh, <laughs> that can happen as well. But the prof and I were saying uh, before we started recording that the, the headline forum is exploding today with headlines about the Chinese balloon. Yep. In terms of headlines I'm proud of, I've got another one that pops into mind that's worth sharing because it, it illustrates how the really timely headlines get shared like crazy, but then they're gone. So they found, yeah. you know, Biden, they found classified documents. And before that, they had found Trump had found classified documents. Pence turned himself in, which is the most Pence thing. So I pitched one that was like Pence turns himself in to childhood scoutmaster after discovering he accidentally kept not tying manual. <laughs> That's one that was fun, but was timely. Next year it'll be like, what? Like, did that really happen? Like, did he have a scoutmaster? So those ones are fun too. Yeah. Some headlines do stick and they get regurgitated every year. And it doesn't matter, does it? But others, like you say, they are very um restrained or in their time in that particular moment. And the, the news cycle is so quick, isn't it? Things just change so quickly that certain things are just forgotten about within uh, three or four months. I'll, I'll confess, I, I had dug through both of your guys' recent headline pitches in in the forum, and you guys are both pitching a combination of timely and then timeless and then puns and then struggling marriage. And it's just a, it's a wonderful combination. Friends, it is time for the long-awaited segment What's the Goliath in your life? During this segment, conservative prof, pure Tej, and myself will be sharing with each other totally unwarned, uh, totally unwarned stories or snippets of poetry or material from like training manuals. We're going to share each other texts, and it's the other person's challenge to preach that text, quote unquote. I don't want to say more because I would risk explaining the joke, which no, you don't want to do. Um, 
Boys, That's what we do here. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be happy to receive the first text or give the first text. What would you guys like me to do? I think uh, I think we can maybe, as you're the guest, so we can put you on the spot. We can maybe provide let's do you it. with it with a text. So let's let's uh, let's give it a go. This is going to be fun. Uh, I have no idea how this is going to go and, and how you're going to handle <laughs> this. Uh, so Sam contacted us ahead of the interview. He's so well prepared and he's just got so many great ideas. And um, I, w- I have to confess, I was racking my brains. Oh, what, what can I, what text can I think of? So I was just thinking about something random and I found a website here, 10 Fascinating Facts about hydraulics <laughs> so i'm not gonna i'm just gonna choose i'm gonna i'm just gonna choose one point here and i'm gonna see if you can if you can turn this uh, i'm gonna see how good your uh your hydraulic theology is and if you can uh if you can turn this into something amusing so uh, the first fascinating fact and that the only one i'll give to you sam is the following hydraulic systems have four components a reservoir to contain the hydraulic press fluid, a pump to drive it through the system, a valve to govern the pressure and flow, and finally, a cylinder to transform the circulating fluid into energy. Friends, I'm so glad to see you here this morning. I was, I was, I was thinking last night, I was talking with my wife and I said, sweetie, what we need is a reservoir. We need to be holding on to the fluid of God's grace. (laughs) And she said, sweetheart, I know you well enough by now to know, even if we get a reservoir, you need the pump. And that's when I realized that, that, that that's when I realized I need the pump to drive the reservoir of grace through my life. Now, what good is a reservoir of grace and what good is a pump of grace if it's all just flowing out all at once? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Now, the valve, that is the Holy Spirit. It's governing, it's regulating the pressure and flow of your ministry outwards to others. But none of it, none of it can do anything without a cylinder to transform all of that ministry flowing through your life into an honorable gift that you can lay before God. Now today, I'd like you to step out on faith. I'd like you to get your reservoir filled. I'd like you to get your pump pumping. I'd like you to get your valve governing. I'd like you to put it all into the cylinder and make a faith promise today that your next month's paycheck will not go towards things of the world. I need you to give it to me, to Sam Ministries Incorporated. We've got, look under your seat. We've got an iPad. You can make a pledge right there through a QR code. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Get the band up here. <laughs> that is wonderful. iPad underneath your seat. That was the kicker right there. <sighs> awesome. <laughs> I really, really well done. Thank awesome. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Who should get? Who should tee up the next text for who? I think this one's for Tiege. Something that I want you to really be thinking about here is operating cash flows. <laughs> operating cash flows come from the core activities of what a business does, um, the goods or services that they sell, and hopefully, ideally, that'll produce cash. So I'd like you to 
talk to us about operating cash flows uh, for uh, you, for yourself and how that relates to business and the ability to pay for goods and services and so on. Okay. <laughs> God, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. Okay. Let me just see if I can call on the Holy spirit to help me. <laughs> so I want you all to think today about what is flowing through your life. <laughs> what flow are you in at the moment? What stream are you in? You know, when you when you see cash and you have a crisp dollar bill in your wallet or your pocket, you take that out and that has a number on it. And that number might be one, it might be five, it might be ten. And you know, <laughs> that 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 number that represents people and that's what we're all about here in Teach Ministries we're about people <laughs> we're about reaching and changing the lives of people and, and how do we do that we do that through through the, the the flow of cash that comes into our ministry and I, I want you to reach into your pocket and I want you to take out a crisp note and I want you to look at that number and I don't want you to see I don't want you to see cash I don't want you to see money i want you to see that number as a person as a person that we can reach <laughs> and i just want you to follow the leading of the spirit to place that cash and let it flow through you let that let the anointing flow through that cash as you place it into the offering bucket as as it comes around and as the music plays now uh, just think of that cash as as a as a person not as a number and uh I just encourage you to the higher the number, the more people we can reach. So <laughs> let's be generous in this moment. Let's close our eyes and let's pray and let's receive <laughs> the best gift that we can give to my ministry, uh, to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Oh, good job, Tish. That's great. <laughs> oh, Tish, that was great. Yep. Good job. I've got one for you, Prof. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I'll take notes as I need to hear. Prof, Prof, the text you are going to preach is from schwab.com and it's five steps for choosing stocks. <laughs> you can preach any or all or none of these steps. Okay. Step number one, assess the market. Step number two, identify a sector. Step number three, Screen for stocks. Step number four, review the fundamentals. And step number five, check the charts. Funny, I actually talked about this in one of my classes this morning, so that's good. <laughs> um, you ready? I'm ready. So we are gathered here today to talk about stocks, and we should all be taking stock of our lives continuously. No. Ask yourselves, why are you listening to this podcast? Is it because somebody made you? Did you do something wrong? Are you being punished? You're paying money to listen to this. So make right choices, first of all. But take, take stock of your life, first of all. That's the number one step. After you take stock of your life, you need to assess your life. So take stock, then assess. And as you assess, I want you to make sure that um, you are thinking of your future. What will God think of you as you spend your money and invest in stocks? 
Will God laugh at you because you made really dumb stock picks? Keep in mind, <laughs> when we think about investing in stocks, we're talking about S-T-O-C-K. Um, last time I gave this message about stocks, AOC thought I meant corn stocks, and it was really <laughs> embarrassing. Um, it was just embarrassing. I, I felt so bad for her. But anyway, assess the market, take stock of your future, and invest wisely. Okay, Amen. next, identify yes. a sector. Now, the sector you invest in could be almost anything. Now, often we hear of vectors. So don't confuse a sector with a vector, because if you do happen to do that, God will probably laugh at you. I, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, he, he, does, he did create humor. He made us to enjoy humor. And if you think a sector is a vector, your middle name's probably Kamala, I would dare guess. So, so just be careful about how you do that. Next, you want to screen your stocks. Now, um, also, Eric Swalwell, just to bring up a name, just somebody who kind of listens to my preaching. Um, when, when he screens a stock, he goes, what would Fang Fang do? That's kind of what he always thinks. Now, I would say for the rest of us, we should do the opposite of that and not do what Fang Fang would do. But we want to do what makes the most sense for us financially. So as we screen a stock, we want to make sure, is this stock going to go up in value over time? Okay. And again, we're not talking corn stocks here. We want to make sure we all know that. Next is the fundamentals. So the fundamentals of what we're going to look at now, again, the word fun is in fundamentals. So we do want to have fun as we look at our fundamentals. That's always a good thing. And I would suggest as we look at our fundamentals that we think of the Lord and think how much fun <laughs> the Lord has allowed us to have. So fundamentals, we have to have fun while we also mentally think about things. So fundamentals, we want to always think about that. And the God, Lord gave us brains. We want to use those correctly and wisely to make mm -hmm. good investments. Um, with our money. Finally, we want to create a chart. And the best chart, as we all know, is a Venn diagram. Um, our vice <laughs> president loves them, outs them continuously. We want to make sure that if we chart anything that we use a Venn diagram. Now, where those Venn diagrams intersect, where they all touch each other, make, remember circles are round, and when circles touch each other, <laughs> that creates a Venn diagram. And what's in the middle of that Venn diagram is your heart. And so at the end of the day, after you screen a stock, follow your heart. What does the Lord tell you to do with your money? So if you follow those five easy steps, you will have had fun while you buy that stock. You have made fun of at least one or two Democrats, maybe even three of them, which is even better. And you have followed your heart, which is what the Lord wants you to do. So we're all here in this mega church. We're here because we're just following our hearts and having fun. You know, so that's that's really the main goal of what we want to do here. So there you go. That's how you would pick a stock as a as a mega pastor. Amen. Go. Thank you. <laughs> we did it. Good idea, Sam. Wonderful. Good job. This has been what's the Goliath in your life? That was good. I enjoyed that. We uh, maybe we should try that again on another episode, Prof. Yeah, we should. I think we should. Well, it's that time of the podcast to um, go ahead and ask some questions. Um, a while ago, well, Tej was on his break um, when he was studying for his exams. I posted a headline in the B forum, and I also posted a question, are we the people group on not the B? And we got some really good questions uh, for Sam. And some of you asked, 
who is Sam Greer. Okay, so <laughs> we had to deal with that, first of all. But second of all, now that we've got that bridge crossed, because I explained who Sam was in those comments, um, oh dear, asked a couple of really good questions. And I'll start with the first one. Wait, can I speak um, to the uh, can I speak to the who is Sam Greer real quick? Just a yeah, fun please. anecdote. Go for it. Yeah. When I was still in high school, a couple of my friends were like doing dual enrollment uh community college classes and I enrolled in an acting class and that was one of the questions and uh, I either hadn't yet seen the movie anger management with Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson or I had forgotten about it because the acting teacher asked who are you to the students and uh, no one's answer was satisfactory she'd say who are you it was one of those really You know, like like it, it feels pretentious, but she was like, "Who are you?" And uh, the student would be like, "Well, I'm a student. I'm I'm you know a sophomore. My major is engineering." She said, "No, no, no. Who are you?" And they'd say, "Oh, oh. Uh, so these are my parents, and uh, this is where I'm from." And she'd say, "No, you're telling me where you're from. I want to know who you are." And people people got flustered. The only guy I remember was one who said, uh, "I'm an evangelist," and she like moved on. <laughs> so so if you want to get moved on from. It, it was similar with um, it was similar with my mom got off jury duty once by saying, uh, well, I'm a born again Christian. I believe in I believe in, uh, you know, the Bible. I believe in justice. And uh, I think it was the I, I guess that would be the defense attorney who was like, get her out of here. So get she got this jury. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Getting out of jury tips by Sam Greer. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. That's who is that was. Oh, that's great. No, that's great. So, uh, oh dear's question. At least one of them. She asked some really good questions. What's your plan for the apocalypse? Oh man, Uh, you know what? I'll give a non-humorous answer. Psalm 146 is my favorite scripture these days. Put not your trust in princes in whom there is no salvation. Instead, Mm -hmm. put your hope in the Lord, uh, Mm -hmm. who can open the eyes of the blind, who created everything. It's a wonderful psalm where it just says. Yeah. Do not put your trust in princes. On the very day that the prince dies, his plans perish. Instead, put your mm. hope in the Lord. So in the apocalypse, I don't know that I'll be a fully prepared prepper. I know I'll be trusting the Lord. I know I'll try to be uh I'll try to be prepared with B, my Patriot supply, prepare with B.com. Yeah. But I, I I think I'll mostly be trusting the Lord. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good answer. So got a Another question here from Michael D. Macaroni, and he asks you, Sam, how does how do you keep calm when Kyle tries to turn a serious interview into a satirical podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my blood boils. I don't know what to do with it. He wants to integrate humor instead of research. Uh, the nerve, the gall. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> the goal. No, but 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 I but I will say like man, I I have fun. I jokingly say that when Jarrett and I do podcasts, we're good cop, good cop, because we're both uh, <laughs> we're both so curious and interested in just like meeting people, connecting with people. Yeah. It's, it's a passion, like it's it's genuine curiosity that makes me do the research in the first place. No one told me to, and maybe someday I'll stop. But for now, it's just I can't not. I I want to know people, and then when it's like when I'm paired with Adam, like obviously he's an actual professional comedian. Mm-hmm. So he, he brings that dynamic and like Kyle's dynamic, like uh, obviously Kyle wears so many hats. You're like, who are you? Not what hats do you wear? Who are you? And if you really get down to uh, who is, who is Kyle? Like 
again, editor in chief. So he's overseeing like video, making final decisions. He's overseeing the tech side. Obviously there's Joel, there's Brandon, there's others who are in the mix, but he's like editor in chief. But in terms of the, who are you for Kyle? He's a writer. Like he's a comedy writer. Mm -hmm. That's his core. That's his core gifting, but he's also just Mm -hmm. a gifted leader at the other stuff. So when I'm doing a co-interview thing with him, I expect it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he can go places I can't, you know, he's got all this seniority and tenure and, uh, and gravitas. So I would never be like bringing up Jewish space lasers for the third time <laughs> on a Dennis Prager interview, <laughs> but, but he, he could do it. He's, he could pull it off. Good for him. I'm, I, I do best when I'm like earnest and enthusiastic and, uh, and of course I can be funny, but it usually is paired with earnestness and enthusiasm. He's got, he's got, a style that compliments mine well, I like to believe. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah or rather I compliment his well. There we go. Oh, Fix. Okay. Fix. There it is. <laughs> I have a question for you from slightly different housewife and it might be an inside joke. So it, it, we'll have to find out. She wanted me to ask you how many emojis are too many? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and explain the inside joke because why not? Okay. Then there's more people on the inside. Um, uh, favorite Bible character of mine, Barnabas, son of mm-hmm. encouragement. I encourage a lot. And mm-hmm. it's it's always like I, I only put emojis on stuff that truly blesses me, but mm-hmm. I put the most emojis on stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I bet I'd be able to dig it up. Who knows if it's worth it? I'll just paraphrase it, I guess. But there have been like... There have been a couple of pitches. One one was like not a real pitch, but Kyle just put it in the writer's channel. And he was like, uh, local writer thinks his headline is banging until he realizes it's just Sam Greer adding six emojis. <laughs> <laughs> That's <good. Yeah. laughs> so again, like when I'm when I'm all in on a headline, I'm all in. I'm enthusiastic. Oh, that's great. You know, I want everybody who's listening to know, obviously, you know, we can all see each other. So that adds a dynamic to our conversation. But Sam, you are one of them. I can feel it through the space-time continuum. That <laughs> you are one of the most encouraging people I've ever met. I can I can just tell that by uh, yeah. your countenance and your smile and your eagerness. And so that's obviously a gift the Lord has given you that you're using very well. So I, everybody sweet. should know that. Yeah. You're sweet. Yeah. And I'll take an opportunity to, to throw it back to the Lord. Now I feel like it's a, a mega church <laughs> thing. Like give the Lord a hand clap. It's always faintly <laughs> blasphemous. But so without, without using an actual mega church thing, it's uh, I, I was like, I reeked of bitterness and anger before I was born again. I was mm-hmm. just radically different. And the transformation mm-hmm. was notable when I, wow. when I finally Wonderful. repented and gave my life to God. Um, so I didn't used to be this way. I just struggled. I was really angry at, at my parents, at authority figures mm-hmm. in general, but it was like, they were steadfast and they prayed for me and they loved me. And uh, the, the combination of all that, plus just the truth penetrating my heart, that mm-hmm. was, I was, I was dead in my trespass and sins, but I was made alive together with Christ while I was still a sinner. It was, wow. It was a life change. And that's where my enthusiasm comes from. It it wasn't there before. It's truly awesome. spiritual. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah well, thanks for sharing that. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I've got a really good question here from a little apprentice. Um, and he, he or she asks, well, it's kind of one question, possibly two. Um, I'll just read them both to you. And then you can choose what part you want to answer, or you can answer both. Uh, so they ask the first one, what quality or virtue do you think is most lacking in the world? 
Uh, and then the second question is, if different from the above, what quality or virtue do you think is most lacking in the church? Mm, those are heavy. Um, yeah. Those are thought thought provoking. Yeah. Let's let's round table this. What do you think, Prof? Oh, once you come back to me. <laughs> what do you, what do you think, Tej? I think for I mean I, I can't speak into the states, but um, I know over here. Um, I think a virtue that's 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 lacking is being real and being open. Mm. And um, I think, and I guess it's a human problem. It's not a cultural thing. It's just that that need of, and I'm talking about in the church now. Um, it's you know, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Um, and maybe you're not great. Uh, and it's that it's that feeling of daring to bear yourself open to a brother or sister in Christ and saying, well, I'm not doing okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going that well because we feel frightened that we'll be a failure or we won't be a good Christian if we say that, do you know what I mean? So, um, that's why it's like prof said, I, I echo that talking to you. It's very refreshing. And, um, uh, it's definitely something that's that's that, that's missing, and I, I'm looking at myself as well, and I'm and and, and I'm asking myself that question. Uh, you know, can, can, am I being real enough? Am I being open and, and honest enough? And and can I say naked on the, a Christian podcast? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's my observation. Anyway, there's other things as well, but I, I guess that for me that would be one of the things that that sticks out. Uh, I was going to say, uh, wow, this is hilarious stuff for uh, such a satirical podcast. We're just sharing our hearts. <laughs> yeah, quick, uh, make a joke. But, but, Prof, Prof, what do you think? Because I, I've finally, I've formulated uh, some thoughts here too. Yeah. yeah. So I would say I very much echo what T said because that happens in the states. How are you? I'm fine. You know, people say it all the time. They don't. They're not willing to share their true feelings. So. Maybe part of that is just the inability of people to share their authentic selves with each other, that often you try to just live up to what people expect of you as opposed to just being naturally yourselves. And I think that's a human condition. You know, I would just say that's just part of why the way we're built. Um, and what I was thinking to my initial thought was the golden rule. Uh, just when you have any interaction with anybody, just I always like to think, that person is somebody's daughter, son, sister, husband, whatever. And how would I want my wife, my son to be treated? Um, and I, I try to think of things like that as I interact with people. Mm, like I want to, you know, so I think I, I just wish more people did that. Right. Like we all kind of thought through um, I should treat people the way I'd want to be treated. Just follow that golden rule. I mean, God gave it to us. It's pretty simple. It's not that hard. Right. I, a, I just wish we'd think that, think of that one more often. Anyway, go ahead. There's a wonderful moment from C.S. Lewis's The Weight of Glory about how each interaction, like folks are either heading to heaven where they'll be transformed mm -hmm. into such undeniable, unbelievable glory that they'd be unrecognizable to you now, or mm -hmm. they're heading to hell and they're going to be like so, mm -hmm. so unrecognizably like in torment. I don't mean like mm -hmm. gruesome, fiery, but I just mean they're going to be totally separated from God like that's sure. who you're interacting with. You're interacting with someone who's on a trajectory and you have an opportunity to be salt and light. I, 
I, I like this question, but I'm going to deconstruct it a bit. So sure. like what virtue is missing from the world? I'm actually not too interested in the world's virtues because if you're unregenerate, then it's it's coming from a place of, I believe, mm-hmm. total depravity. Not meaning that everyone running around who's not saved is as wicked as they can be, but meaning like nothing that they do is coming from a regenerated heart. It's so the foundation is corrupt. So I'm grateful for when common grace happens. And if I had a, if I had a virtue that I'd say it would be wonderful to see more of, and then I'm grateful when I see it, it's just a courage in following the truth, like a hunger and thirst for the truth. That's the number one virtue for folks who aren't saved mm-hmm. that, that moves the needle, I believe in the world and moves them towards the truth. God does not desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, so if people are hungry for the truth, it says he is not far from any of us. So like he's there. Um, he's mm. he's reaching out. So that would be a, a, a virtue in the world. And then as far as a virtue in the church, I'll deconstruct the question a bit as well. What virtue is missing from the church? I just get nervous because it says in the New Testament, who can bring a charge against God's elect? So I'm I'm hesitant mm-hmm. to paint with a broad brush, but you guys were wise in that you said, I'm looking at myself. So I, I can look at myself and say, because again, I'm I'm active in church, like actively serving the the quality that I would love to see more of would be I guess disciplined, disciplined follow through, all flowing out of, you know, an outpouring of Christ has been Christ has been reformed in me. You know, I, I'm not an old creation. I'm a I'm in Christ, so I'm a new creation. Now I'm walking in the spirit so that I do not carry out the desires of the flesh. So I, I would just love to be disciplined and rigorous with loving and outreaching, especially within the church, the needs that come across my radar, um, mm. disciplined with follow through. So that's what I would look at in myself. That was a lovely question. Um, let me ask you another one. Um, so just to kind of keep up with world events and what's happening on going on right now, where are you? keeping your classified documents in your house? What do you, what's your storage place for those? This is, oh, this man. is coming from oh, John man. as a doc. This is coming from John as a doc. I should mention that. Okay, go ahead. The classified documents I have are just worship sheets from uh, from leading worship for my Bible study. I've got documents oh. coming out my ears. Um, so where are my classified documents? Well, it's, it's all just worship lyric sheets and like, what not and it's everywhere that's the answer my classified okay, documents so, are everywhere okay so when you say lyric sheet do you really mean classified lyric sheet yes and do they contain <laughs> codes that would give away secrets to the chinese that's Correct. that's what i'm trying to figure out here okay that's what i thought <laughs> you know a guy like you would be the perfect chinese spy I'm like Ned Flanders meets uh, the the happy guy from Parks and Rec. Who am I thinking yeah. of? You guys know what I'm talking about. Dead yeah. Traeger, Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger, yeah. Literally. Uh, and Perkins. Literally, literally. and Perkins. Um, <laughs> my wife and I just were, wa- we watched uh, an episode of The West Wing last night. And the mm. character Sam Seaborn, who's played by the same actor, I can't remember his name. He's got hints of Chris Traeger. Like, I think it's oh, inherent sure. in the actor that he's good at being yep. ultra happy and yeah. Like that, they're they're all complaining because they have to go with the president uh, in the show, 
to like an event and he's like this is a privilege it's quite an honor to go with the president and they're like oh but it's to this long concert and he's like we have the opportunity to shape and it's just it's cute oh, now, that's, that's a show great. that makes you say like simpler times because boy it's absolutely it's more unifying and it's a feel-good show and it's it's about a democratic white house but it's sure. it's like different times and the actor we're talking about is rob Lowe. i'm sure rob that's the Lowe. audience already knew that but yeah He's in The Outsiders, um, which also has Tom Cruise. Well, yeah, that's an 80s reference right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm old back. enough to know those. I'm old enough <laughs> to know 80s movies. So I lived through that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got another question here from user friendly sentient AI. And uh, he, she, or, or, or it, if it's AI, <laughs> asks a very, very, very key and very poignant question Can AI be reformed? <laughs> asking for a friend they say can you yeah well that depends can you can you fully immerse code uh under the water i don't know i'd have to think about it yeah okay so yeah <laughs> can ai be reformed well you know what reformed is a set of beliefs and he didn't ask if AI can be saved. So I think AI can be reformed. You could absolutely set it up to where it answers everything with a bunch of material about sprinkling sprinkling water on babies. I, I had a headline idea that was like a bunch of people show up in heaven that didn't expect to because the nurse had been, the Presbyterian nurse had been spritzing them with a spray bottle when they were babies. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, I think you could. Here. I think you could teach an AI reformed theology. Whether AI could be uh, regenerate, I think the answer is no. Sadly. Okay. All right. Good answer. Okay, I've got one more question for you, and this is kind of a a peek behind the screen, the virtual writers room that the B uses. So don't give away any insight that might get you in trouble. Don't do that. This Adente Redactico asks, "I'd love to get some insight on the creative process." collaborative versus individual contributions, how headlines get selected, developed into stories and visuals are added and so on. So just anything you wanna tell us about that process for you and or the writers that you share their virtual writer room with. Well, so let's start with listicles. Those ones yeah. are entirely collaborative. Sometimes mm -hmm. someone will pitch you know, a top 10 idea mm -hmm. and then they'll have three. And then if it catches fire, then other people will be chiming in then it goes into another channel where it gets like additional, just a pitch storm. Then someone will go in and refine it. Usually <laughs> it's like there's the thing. And then the commentary afterwards is supplied by the person who's compiling it all. Sure. So the listicles are the most collaborative thing we do as far as headlines go. Now, here's the thing. Earlier I had said, you know, there's labor, there's an underwater part of the iceberg. If you're <laughs> If you're trying to preserve poor Kyle's brain cells and mm -hmm. not make him read every thought, every passing shower thought that occurs to you, then you you clean it up. Then you pitch it when you're when you're like, hey, I, I would want this to get published or whatever. So there's also that's also not always ideal because sometimes you'll know you've got something, you'll do what you can with it, you'll know it's not quite there, but you'll say one of the other guys or gals can punch it up. So you'll send it and then it gets punched up. So listicles are the most collaborative thing we do. But mm -hmm. in terms of like headlines, like it, it really is cool. It's fascinating to see like a headline idea will get dropped. It'll evolve three different directions. And then someone will just come in, boom, and just perfect. You know, it's, and it's always clear when it's like, oh, you know, it's, 
think of football. There's a bunch of linebackers who are, um, or I, I don't know the football terminology well, but there's a bunch of linemen who are, their heads are bonking into each other and it's mm-hmm. just gridlock. Mm-hmm. And then everyone knows when the quarterback or whoever has gotten the ball or passed the ball and is blowing through the open field. That's kind of how it is. Like writing is a lot of gridlock, but then when someone's come up with the idea that puts it all together elegantly and with economy and, and brevity, it's clear open field. Awesome. They, they just sprint mm-hmm. to the end zone. Yep. That's great. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, how about the visuals? Who does the um, photoshops and does the writer often have a vision or do they have any input into what that Photoshop looks like? So our secret weapons have been Batinix and Trevix. Um, they ah, put their names at, with, with X's to be more inclusive. I've noticed ago. that on the podcast <laughs> credits that they put X's in their names. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they're pumping out full blown photoshops, but here's the thing. Not everyone might know. Joel can Photoshop and Kyle can Photoshop. And mm-hmm. there's probably other people who can do full blown photoshops. Most of, I think most of the writers are mostly just writing. Like we, mm-hmm. everything trickles out from the headline until the headline get, gets approved. No one lifts a finger. No one writes yeah. a word of copy. No one does a second of Photoshop. But as soon as it's greenlit, Joel basically farms out the Photoshop or just, you know, finds a stock photo, punches it up himself and gets it out the door. Sure. It's nice to have these, it's nice to have these triple and quadruple threat people. Yep. Like you think of, you know, like Brandon in terms of the video side, he's obviously like a quintuple threat. Like he yeah, can act, he can sure, write, sure. he can videography, he can cinematography, he can, who knows what else, edit. But um yeah. Like Kyle and Joel, similar. They can just like, they, they can do the headline and the copy and they can pound out a good little Photoshop and just send it on its way. And, there you there's, go. and, and yeah. there's probably other people who are involved who didn't pop into mind. So sure. apologies if any of them are listening, but I think it's been a lot of Travis and Bettina for the more elaborate Photoshops. Yeah, well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that with us. Well, it's finally time for... The famous five questions. Well, maybe not that famous, but at least they're famous to teach and I. But uh, <laughs> the five questions we did, we don't have quite the staff and the budget to create ten questions, <laughs> so we just created five questions. And so the five questions. Time for those. Time for Sam to answer those. We've kind of heard a bit about this already, but feel free to add anything you want to, Sam. When did you receive the Babylon Bee into your heart? <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, day one, 2016, I was Mm. aware of it because even back then, um, just like the, the, the John MacArthur and Grace community church connections, that's what really brought it to my mind. And it it was so cool and refreshing to say, Oh, this, like, this is hilarious. You know, the first one that really, I remember seeing was during the strange fire hype where there was a big conference about the dangers of the charismatic movement that pastor John was running. Um, Mm. It was John MacArthur builds wall around Grace Community Church to keep the charismatics out. (laughs) That's the first headline that I can remember seeing. But then it was on, it would be on my radar on and off after that. But then I remember when my, my friend, uh, just a good buddy, Andy, he's a subscriber. He told me there was a podcast and I wasn't even aware. And that just opened up another thing. Cause it was like, oh, I had thought it was like a big giant super professional operation but then you know it was just yeah the guys being you guys yeah yeah and I, so that gave me a whole nother level of like oh this isn't some ancient institution that 
uh, like has just been around. This is like a startup. So that got me excited. And then I think like another turning point in terms of my awareness from the B was, uh, and this is, I mean, this is like massively, for lack of a better term, important to my own little journey. It's not that important to anyone else, but I remember during mid pandemic. Um, so right around like the sub, the BLM summer, I was getting stressed by social media. Like everyone would put up their black square and I was like, oh geez, like I feel like I want to do something to help, but this just, I could tell it's manipulative, but, and I was just like, there's no way I'm going to get baited. So I just deleted my social media apps. And what I did was, and off and on after that, I would just delete social media if it was causing me stress. And I would literally like with the same exact time, just read Babylon B articles, you know, top to finish the copy and everything. And I remember- like they've, I, I hear they've done studies to where people like checking their phones. They'll like sit you in a room with nothing else in it other than a phone, which has the weather app on it. And like on average, people will check the weather app or their bank app, even if they've got nothing interesting on the phone, just because mm-hmm. people like checking phones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was a season there where I was becoming a B super fan, mm-hmm. but not in terms of be, like sub, being a subscriber or anything. I was just a B super fan. Cause the articles were so high quality and uh, it was, it was fun to get in. And then like, who wrote this article? And I remember James Lee was like, that was me. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Like it touched my heart and made me chuckle. Like I, I can't believe it. So that was, I think that was when the, that was when I was fully regenerated uh, <laughs> when, yeah. when, you know, the bee was standing at the door and knocking. And that was when I just, I was like, this is, this is incredible stuff. For people you who don't know, know, James Lee is Doc Dorian. Uh, that's his username. So I just, just realized, but should we, should we be using his name? Are we going to kill his his eyeball practice? Oh, well. I don't think so. I don't he, think he's so. Safe. I think it's he's safe. Table. Yeah, I'm pretty did sure you know, of it. Yeah. Did you know he can do like LASIK? Like he yeah. literally can do full-blown eye stuff. He told me that. I, I posted a silly question on uh Kyle had a, a premium article about asking questions for a mailbag segment. And I put it in that and, and he had a really, him and I had a really good back and forth on that. It, you can, it's out there. I mean, it's not anything That's hidden. Funny. It's on an article. And he mentioned he could do LASIK. Yeah. Every yeah. time I, you know, like LASIK, obviously anyone who wears glasses, it's pa- passed into their mind. But then I yeah. think about it and I think about, I've never even seen a final destination movie, but in the trailer for one of them, the torture that the poor kid has to endure is that they're doing LASIK. And then the doctor like wanders off and it's just burning into their eyeball. And now I think uh, about that every time I think about LASIK uh, and it makes me not want to get LASIK. Like, that freaks me out. Yeah. What if the doctor gets uh, sleepy? What if he's just, <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> what, if he, what if he has an aneurysm right there on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> it was early on in my tenure as a writer and and I pitched a golf related headline. It was something about like uh, hell announces golf course. That's 99% sand traps. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and uh, a bunch of people chimed in from the writer's room. And one of them was James Lee. And he was, Oh, I love golfing. So that was an instant connection. But then same day, because when you're golfing, it's green grass, it's blue skies. It's lovely. But when you look up in the blue skies, you see little feathery spider webs um of eye floaters so i pitched an mm. eye floater related headline and i can't even remember what it was but mm. i remember a bunch of people chimed in and james lee was like man like 55 percent of my day is hearing about people's eye floaters and i was like <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was like uh oh can i describe my eye floaters to you and have you uh fix them and he was like i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell on you and we're gonna charge you more for insurance 
part-time oh, is not insured, but it, it was funny. It was early enough on that I was like, oh no, my eye floater pre-existing condition. James Lee knows. Um, just to, I want to just um, comment on your answer to that question. Um, I think you uh, speak for a lot of the forum folks that are consistent and regular in the forum. Um, you spoke many things that I'm like, yeah, you just described my experience with the B, right? It kept me sane. Um, the world's going mad. The B is counteracting that and, and saying something mm. in a Christian positive, satirical yeah. way and yeah. making points. And a lot of us in the forum could band together and go, I'm not alone. Like you said, I felt alone. And I think that's the beautiful part about the B forum is you are there with people who get you. They understand you. And it's just such a, it's a welcoming, loving community. Um, and that's, you know, so what everything you just said is like, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. Right. So that was pretty cool. That was really and I, cool. Yeah. And I think it's good to own up to like needing community, wanting community and mm-hmm. needing thought leaders and wanting thought leaders. Obviously everyone wants to be independent minded and a leader, a thought leader in their own right. But it's just, it's worth acknowledging when something is a massive blessing to you and helps you crystallize your instincts, helps you to articulate it. I was, when I first came on, I was, I I described my experience to Joel and he said like, oh yeah, I am pretty Zen now myself. Like, you know, you can, you get the angst out through just a funny headline that exorcises it from your system. It's like catharsis, like the ancient Greeks talked about. And, um, and then you're Zen. I mean, not really. Yeah. You you want to you want to have peace because of the Lord. But it is funny how how yeah. articulating things or hearing them articulated just strengthens you. It strengthens absolutely. you in your position. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Very good. That's great. Okay. Question number two. Favorite headline that you've submitted. Now, obviously, we normally ask that question to subscribers. Now, somebody who's on the inside. But is any favorite headline you submitted that has not been published or has been published? You tell us. Oh man. I think one of them would be because like it's, it's my own headline, but almost every time I see a Washington post article, I think of my headline about it yeah. and it was, it was, it was elegant. I'm proud of it. Uh, it's not laugh out loud, but it's like one of those ones that'll make you say mm, and stroke your beard. So <laughs> lost journalist accidentally wanders into the Washington post. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's simple, but it's a dig, right? I mean, Hey, Taylor Lorenz. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that because I'll ramble That's if I great. keep trying to think of like favorites that were like, oh, and then I believed in it and then it got crickets. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I've got, I've got plenty too. of those. Yeah. Well, question number three, uh, Sam, what fast food menu item is the result of the fall? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of fast food. Uh, oh, Okay, so in terms of taste, no, but in terms of effect, yes. The McGriddle. I, mm. I'm not too good for McDonald's, and I'm not too good for McGriddles. And every time I eat them, they're tremendous in terms of taste, but I, it, it, it's like a rock in my stomach. So <laughs> McGriddles, not recommended, yeah. zero out of 10. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's possibly our first McDonald's answer, so that's good. And there's and there's something like uh, special about McDonald's in the sense that, like, there there's certain beautiful hikes here in Southern California. I've had times that I'll get excited about the idea of waking up early, you know, four in the morning, picking up McDonald's on the way to a hike, and then doing the hike, and then I'll do it, 
and then I'll regret it because it'll just be starting off my day with like a brick of syrup and godlessness, <laughs> just like debauchery and sin. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you the next question. What is your favorite denomination and why is it Baptist? <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, that, that's, it's a good, that's a good formula of question. Um where, where you answer the question. I'll, I'll, I'll use this opportunity to talk about unity. In each of Paul's 13 epistles, unity is the core theme, if not a sub-theme. Like you, you, you might think Philippians is a book about joy. It's not. Joy is a key theme of Philippians, but the point of Philippians is unity. And uh, you can do like a study on the, the syntax basically. And it's got a ton of like, have the same mind. Let this mind be in you. And, you know, even Philippians 2, the famous kenosis passage, um, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself, took on the form of a servant and came in the likeness of men. He, he, uh, yeah, he emptied himself. Mm. And then it says, uh, anywho, now he's going to be, you know, he'll, he'll be the name above every name. He'll be exalted. Point being that book crescendos with, I beseech Euodia and Syntyche to get along in the Lord. <laughs> so mm. in terms of uh, denominational infighting, it's like, uh, it's it not, I don't want to say a marketing tool, but it's like, they say, I say, that's a common tactic in something like English composition, which I teach, which is where you have to frame your arguments in the context of what others are saying like if you're writing about milton's samson agonistes which was like a, a closet drama he wrote it wasn't really meant for performance it was meant to be read but it's written as a, a play if you're talking about milton's samson agonistes you don't just start your essay with a thesis that says milton's samson agonistes is a is an allegory of blank in milton's own life you don't do that you say x scholar says y about Milton's Samson Agonistes. Now Z mm -hmm. scholar says a modified why. Here's my stance. So it's like, I think denominations, it can be similar. Like mm -hmm. this, if you position your, your theology in the context of denominations, it's clarifying and it demonstrates that your conclusions aren't just self-evident to anyone reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it, but it, it, it's a good opportunity to talk about the Bible but obviously infighting is bad and like does nothing for nobody, you know, right. infighting is like, there's, there's infinite infighting. So, I mean, I think about this when I do the heavier theology related podcasts, I sink my teeth into the denominational and theological details because just hearing them articulated is sharpening everyone's minds. <laughs> but I, I always want it to be reconveyed that unity is my priority because unity is Paul's priority. Unity yes. around truth, obviously. It's not unity mm -hmm. at the expense of truth, but um, unity nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Excellent. Good, huh? Great answer. But yeah, uh, Baptist is the best denomination. This dispensationalism <laughs> is better than covenantalism. Uh, Premillennialism is better than postmillennialism or amillennialism. Uh, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> That is the longest answer we've had to that question. Yeah, that was. Yeah, absolutely. That's great, that is, though. Uh, yeah. it's, it's great listening to you. Okay, and then the final question, Sam. If the FBI raided your house, how many my pillows would they find? <laughs> they would find a pair of my pillow pajama pants that my mother bought for me. Ooh, okay. uh, 
my parents have the occasional uh like my patriot supply type of food in their house or my pillow related stuff in their house and it's fun i'd thought about just jokingly asking how kurgle's getting on <laughs> so well that's uh, oh, that's yeah. the answer um it kyle has set the tone in the writers chat to where it really is a safe space so truly and honestly i i don't even really consciously think about which writers are having a higher hit rate and which ones are having a lower hit rate because you know if i were overthinking my own hit rate i would be like oh no uh three clunkers in a row but that's mm-hmm. honestly not the atmosphere so yeah. like yeah kurgle's getting on great i know that because i see she'll pitch a headline and it'll get the Kyle thumb and it'll make me chuckle and I'll put a laughing emoji. And maybe if it's fireman related, I'll put a fire truck and a fire helmet and a hose and some water and some fire. Um, (laughs) That's what, that will, that's what was being alluded to by slightly desperate housewives. Um, So yeah, like Kiergel's getting on great. um, But that's not really the context in which we think like Kyle says, this is a safe space pitch away the the cream will rise to your top we're we'll all we're all a team and it's like it's a subtle form of leadership but he kind of only has to say it once periodically and then the tone is there the tone is set yeah. and it's it's really lovely but it's not um it's not necessarily inherent like it could be cutthroat and competitive like i wonder what those oddballs at the onion are doing no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah yeah we're landing the yeah. plane i just wanted to say your podcast is delightful there's a wonderful oh. moment in a wonderful book called Made to Stick that I think illustrates what's so great about the We the People podcast. So you are sticky and you you guys add tremendous value to the B community by talking about names, names, names. The story in Made to Stick by Chick, Chip and Dan Heath is that there's this newspaper editor um, in a, a like a flyover state, I forget which one, but he's a middle of the country newspaper editor, small small town, and his newspaper sells more newspapers every day than there are adults in the town, which means some of them are buying multiple copies. What's his secret to being like the the top local newspaper editor of all time? He gave an interview where he said it's simple: names, names, names. Mm-hmm. He says local news isn't nat- isn't national news. Your local newspaper will do well. If it does names, 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 if you're just mm. mentioning the names of local people, you'll sell out every day and then some. So you guys at We The People, you you shine a light on the community and it's exactly what the community needs. Um, mm. I mean, it goes without saying, but it's it's like a expanded version of what happens in the subscriber portion of the regular podcast every day or mm. every week, you know, like when, when you're lift when you're saying the names everyone's rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep who get a beard stroke and it's just uh it's like creating <laughs> it's like you're 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 giving an online footprint or you're giving a a video footprint that's like a little more permanent to what's already happening in the community you know you're you're just lifting up and sh- shining a light on the sweetness that's already going on all the time and the big, mm. the big wins and the humor that's yeah. going on all the time. So you guys, you yeah. guys, your podcast is made to stick and you do names, 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 and good for you. That was a bit long winded, but that's my encouragement. Yeah, thanks. I love your podcast. Well, that's, that was really appreciate. Thanks, 
Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really great to have you on. I mean, it's a pleasure and a privilege, and it's just it's just been really good fun as well. I mean, there, there's just so much to talk about, and uh, we've had such a good time with you, and um, really loved getting to know you more, and really enjoyed hearing your voice both literally on the podcast in B in B Radio, and uh, also shining through the articles that you're submitting and the the headlines and so on uh so it's really cool and i, I hope that the community through this uh, this episode can also get to know you uh and get to know who who is that guy who's suddenly <laughs> suddenly appeared on the podcast and starts starts asking all these amazing questions <laughs> lovely being here thanks for having me you're very welcome so um it's a great honor first writer i hope you get more but i also hope you keep it up with uh shining a light on the community because we at the, you know, we at the SoCal For office, sure. we get enough light shined on us, but I, I do hope you get more because it's fun. It's fun gelling the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's nice of you to recognize that. That's what we're trying to do really. It's just about shining the light back or putting the mirror back in the community and hearing from the community. And um, yeah, we've got some ideas for who we want to interview next. And um, when we started the podcast, we started and I promised we'd end with that wonderful parody from Lil Reggie Main. So we'll let that play out and um, do check out the lyrics in the show notes. It's a really funny parody. There's also a reference to SDH in there as well. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. And Kyle. So uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Had a, had a lot of fun listening to that. So, uh, and uh, Prof's going to let go of his Baptist uh, side and dance a little bit more to that. Yeah, I am going to let myself go loose. Yep. Yep, so I think all that remains now is to say goodbye and uh, all the very best. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a really fun episode. Uh, We've really enjoyed uh, chatting this time, as we do all all the time, of course. And um, yeah, we'll be back uh, probably, well, probably just after B-Live, hey, uh, Prof? That'd be my guess, yep. Yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll be back soon. So until then, keep those headlines coming. Thanks, thanks to the community for all you guys are doing, all the fantastic headlines you're pitching. Uh, it, it's uh, it's so much fun. And uh, like I said earlier, it's great to be back on the forum after the break. And uh, it's such a great community. So looking forward to seeing what's going to happen uh, during the month of February.
content sam i've got um a topic for you a text for you that i'd like you to speak about it's rather profound it's all about the tax on capital gains <laughs> so as you know a capital gain is when you buy low and you sell high and you make money and unfortunately there, there is a tax to pay on that so i want you to um give us your exposition about the text on the taxes on capital gains. Good morning, good morning. We're so glad you all were able to join us. We, uh, we, are so, we are so thrilled to have you here. I want you to think about something. When you buy high and sell low, you're acting the fool. <laughs> I'll say it again. When you buy high and sell low, you're acting the fool. And in God's economy, you know what the fool has said? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. Now, what I want to speak to you about today is the tax that you have to pay. The tax that you have to pay when you do make the right decision. Sometimes doing the right thing is costly, but it's worth it. I'll say that again. Sometimes doing the right thing buying low and selling high is worth it and the tax that you have to pay the tax that you have to pay is part of the journey and you've got to learn to embrace it that's right you've got to learn to embrace it our liberal overlords would have you complain about it but i'm here to tell you today do all things without grumbling and complaining embrace the capital gains tax and friends and friends, I want to tell you right now, the capital gains tax, you will look back on it and you'll be so grateful that you paid it at the end of all things. You'll be so grateful that you bought low, sold high, made money, and at the end of all of it, contributed to, contributed to <laughs> research on, contributed to Uncle Sam's valuable valuable research on Thanos's snap and and uh how much it would cost <laughs> amen good. that's all i've amen. got for you for today amen brother oh. good one good job there is a a phenomenon in the uk called train spotting oh. and the basics of train spotting prof okay there's there's a few different types of train spotting practiced in the uk the type of spotting that you end up doing will usually depend on your individual interests. Some spotters desire photos of the train, whilst others just enjoy the satisfaction of having seen them in real life, and they do not feel like they require proof. Some spotters also take an interest in old rail tickets, timetables, rail signage, or other railway-related memorabilia. Some folk have chosen to rid themselves of monikers like train spotter or spotter because these words are often perceived to have negative connotations. 
words like bashes, who like to ride the trains, and fotters, who prefer to take pictures, are now more commonly used in hobby circles. So feel free to, do you want me to repeat any of that? No, I'm good. I'm good. Feel, feel free to bring us a message, uh, Pastor Prof, uh, from, uh, from the world of train spotting. Well, good morning, congregation. I'm glad to have you here. Um, <laughs> I need to confess something. I spent the entire weekend train spotting, and I know that's unusual for a pastor to do. However, <laughs> I will tell you that I enjoyed it, and I absolutely have no remorse that I spotted a train <laughs> and I spent my time doing that. I should have been reflecting on the Word, reflecting on the Lord, and coming up with a sermon. I utterly failed, but guess what? I get paid anyway, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> so I will talk today about train spotting and the trains that I spotted along the way. And so as I spotted these trains, um, you would think I would take photographs to prove what I was doing and have evidence. However, the trains that we met are the ones in our minds. So I will tell you that in my mind, I was absolutely train spotting. Was I really? I don't really remember because I might have been imbibing a little bit, uh, possibly, <laughs> maybe. I don't know for sure. I'm having a hard time remembering exactly everything that happened over the weekend. But I am happy to be here with you all Sunday morning, uh, nonetheless. Um, I did wake up this morning, though, with my pockets full of train tickets. And apparently I was everywhere. Um, I was on quite the long train ride this weekend. I don't know where I was exactly. I don't remember a lot of it but I will tell you that I'm just happy to be here. And the real treat is the trains we met along the way. And so thank you. Um, that's our sermon today, that's all I got. Um, I would just say, as you go home, uh, just reflect on the trains that the Lord has given us and train your mind, train your heart, and literally Amen. train your train as you Amen. go home and Amen. enjoy the rest of your day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> thank you, Pastor. Wonderful. I feel compelled. <laughs> the power of the train compels you. <laughs> I've got the J series counterbalanced battery forklift truck operation and maintenance manual. And the piece that I'd like you to seize on is that four wheel counterbalanced battery forklift truck is the company's new product. It has the character of a small turning radius Beautiful shape, small dimensions, low gravity, good stability, and superior performance. So I'd like you to preach about this wonderful J-Series battery forklift truck, which has a small turning radius, a beautiful shape, small dimensions, low gravity, good stability, and superior performance. Well, as we come to the end of today's message, I just want all of you to, to take a look inside of yourselves, at your own heart. And let's all ask ourselves, how is your battery? <laughs> you know, we all try and live our lives in our, in our own strength. And there comes a point where we have to say, you know, my battery, it, it's, it's not enough. It has its limits. But I'm here to tell you today, the J series battery. And we all know what J stands for. 
<laughs> the Jesus battery. <laughs> the Jesus battery is what we need. <gasps> and with that, with that battery, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can counterbalance anything that comes your way. Mm. With the J series, with the J series battery, we're talking about a godly character. And you know, without the J series battery, we're a mess. You know, we're <laughs> we we do not have a beautiful shape. But with the J series battery, with that in our lives, we have a beautiful shape. And the Lord wants with this battery in your life, He wants to take those small dimensions in your life, and He wants to expand, expand your horizons, expand as it says in the word of God he wants to expand your tent pegs and stretch out your borders <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to make you somebody who's stable he wants to give you good stability and uh, you know with the J with the Jesus battery in our lives there is superior performance and we can outperform anything that we could have done with our own battery Amen. so I want to encourage you all today don't drive in with your own battery don't drive with your own strength install that j series battery today engage all four wheels <laughs> the father the son the holy spirit and yourself all working together <laughs> most hallelujah. importantly yourself hallelujah yeah. <laughs> amen exactly thank you pastor Tej. that's fun Hopefully this is the last time we have to hit record. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Right. It's this is weird. It's spiritual warfare or it's persecution or it's big tech cuz our tech is failing. It's got to be big tech censorship of conservatives. Yes. Let's blame censorship. <laughs>